Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What are you at? Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 191A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Just taking a big weekend, NHL All-Star Weekend with... A lot of my buddies went up there. I'm sure a lot of people I'm talking to right now, like a sizable portion, ran into me up there. Um, I didn't even I didn't go to the skills competition or the game. We didn't have tickets going up, but I, I knew that it wouldn't really matter. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't think the All Star Game is great, but I stopped complaining about it years ago because I think it's for the kids and the atmosphere, and it was an overall celebration of hockey. Now, Kucherov out there, for those that watched, he wasn't giving a shit, whatever. I mean, that kind of looked bad. I thought that was a bad, bad optic. But really, it was probably the the one flaw I can say about the weekend. I, I assume the game's going <coughs> to excuse me, gonna suck. Uh, I, you know, I mean, people still, you can see that they were NHLers. I mean, passes, shooting. You know, scoring, saves, whatever. You're not going to see hits or fights or nothing. You're not going to see much hard work, but I, I stopped hoping for that years ago. So, and I really did. I remember I used to complain, what the fuck are they doing? And <laughs> Until I went to one in Vegas a few years ago. And uh, it's certainly, I mean, I, I was starting to go the other way anyway, I think, because you could see on TV and, you know, everybody's entertained. What am I upset home in my place in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, looking at you screaming at the TV. You know, people there are having fun. Who's it for? And then I saw it in Vegas, and especially this one in T.O. I mean, we went up Thursday. I mean, the game wasn't until Saturday. Um, and don't get me wrong. We were in and around the arena. We went to events. I hosted an event at Park Avenue. It was awesome. Uh, I, uh, you know, we went. Steve Dangle had a live podcast. Chris Johnson had a live pod at the rec room. And so just we, we went there Friday afternoon. We went to Earl's earlier and all kinds of fans on King there. 
were doing the same thing we were doing, making their way down for the game that night. So the rec room is right next to the arena anyway, So, which is next to the CN Tower, for those that haven't been to Toronto, which is next to Ripley's, believe it or not, Aquarium. And just about everything, everywhere I hang out in Toronto, Queen Street, King Street, West kind of area. Not everywhere I hang out, but a lot of the places I hang out frequent are down around there. So it was um, a real positive vibe, a loud vibe, a fun loud vibe. Um, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So did I enjoy it? Yes. Uh, the game was so secondary. I didn't watch the game until like it was on places we were going, but I didn't even really watch it till the next day when we were waiting to get on the flight. Uh, anyway, so I took my dad, my good buddy since childhood, Jeremy Hart, uh, Taran Samwith met us there. We stayed with Sandman. He's been a guest on here, former Edmonton Oilers, St. John's Maple Leaf, Hamilton Bulldog. I could go on and on. Sandman was a suitcase. Played a long time. But anyway, so we were with him. And then, um, you know, it was Ryan McDonald plays Michaels on Shorzy. He hung out with us. Ryan Graham, my good buddy from here. Uh, Alex Penner plays Palmer on the Sioux Hunt in Shorzy. Uh, he came with us. So th those guys were with us consistently the whole weekend. And then um, every day. And then two of the three days we were with oh, Max Buffard, who plays JJ Frankie JJ. Uh, we were with Sean Thornton. It was great to see Thornton again, man. I saw him briefly in Nashville at Sam Man's birthday a few years ago, but that was the first time I'd seen him since we played together in St. John's Maple Leafs. We'd interacted by text or whatever. And I know he told us some funny stories on chicklets there. And I, I sent him a message after that. And after he won the cups, I just hadn't seen him and until you see somebody and you're, shooting the shit in the afternoon. Um, you don't, you know what I mean? Uh, what's the word? It's a different kind of catching up, right? Beer or not. Now we all happen to have beers or Caesars or whatever in our hand, but I'm not uh, trying to promote alcoholism. It was just different. We drank beers together back in the day. It was nice, nice to have a beer together here. Um, and my dad hadn't seen 30 since he played here. So that was, what year was it? That was, well, was 99-2000, man. 20 years ago. It was only 25 fucking years ago. And so it had been, and it was like, and he was real good buddies with Bird Dog. It was like, uh, it was honestly like we picked up right where we left off. It was awesome. And... Dory's been keeping up on me and me on him. Well, me on him more so, especially when it comes to hockey career. But, you know, he knew what's going on. So it, it, we didn't have to, like, explain to each other where we were in life. We knew that. It was a lot of old stories. We brought up Bird, Bird Dog. Dory said, Greg Smith, who I talk about a lot, Bird Dog is um, the most influential player or friend that he's ever had. I thought that was wild. Uh, and he talks about him all the time. I remember him talking about him after the Stanley Cup win. Anyway, so... Um, and Hubie Hutton, our good buddy from Newfoundland that moved. His father is one of the biggest hockey legends locally ever. I mean, and, and had things been different, Hubie's fucking 84, still skating. Still skating. Uh, what, had things been different, probably would have, probably could have, well, would have gone to play pro somewhere. But in Newfoundland here, there was a great senior league back then. 
Um, you might hear Alec Faulkner. Alec came out of that. Our first Newfoundlander played for the Detroit Red Wings. Well, Hubie Hutton was a big star in and around that time, in that era. Like slightly after Alec, but not much, but by a handful of years. And um, anyway, so but but Hubie, his son, is our good buddy and moved away in the 90s and has kept up with Thorty. And his buddies with Sam Man now and everything. So it was nice to, for everybody to to get together. And we and we all used to hang out at the Allen Lager. Jeremy Hart included um, was with us. So it was fucking awesome to see those guys. But we went, man. Um, I tell you, the most electric part of the whole weekend, as far as partying, on Friday night. Well, Friday and Saturday, but Friday night, we went to Park. Uh, oh no, what was it called? Oh, Paris, Texas, and. Uh, it was fucking jammed. Jammed, man. We went in. I saw my buddy Dave over there for a second, and I, I, I tried to say hi, and I just kind of waved. Couldn't even text anybody on my phone, not that I wanted to. Um, you know, my arms were it was sardines in there, man. And I, looking over at Rope, I gave him a good wave. He gave me a wink. <laughs> How you doing, Rope? Great to see you again. He's from Mount Pearl. Uh, and then I got up on stage. Yeah, ran into a girl uh, named Katie, and Katie, Katie, uh, yeah, we, I ran into her at a weird night. There's a clothing store called Nubis, Nobis, Nubis, and they were having a, like a kind of a off the beaten path event. It's right next to the Horseshoe Tavern, Queen Street there. And uh, anyway, so we went in, and still all the clothes were out. It was, it was like walking into, I don't know, a Le Chateau or some shit. Well upper scale i went to say oh this this coat's nice how much it was 5200 bucks so i didn't buy it um uh anyway yeah so we went in the rec laws who were there for the all-star game they were uh, they performed i believe yeah yeah of course they did and uh so they were playing like in between the winter coats the suits and the socks like, in this little area and in, in this place and uh so we got to hear them and then doug killer gilmore walked in man and killer gilmore's brother dave used to play with my dad in um in hamilton in the oha now the ohl back in the early 70s so you know him and killer had a great conversation and ryan mcdonald like i said i call him mcd you guys call him michaels he was there, and one of the people that he said for his whole life he wanted to meet was Doug Gilmore. So they had an awesome conversation. They were wearing the same fucking leather jacket, so McDee loved it. Um, Tessa Bonham was there with her husband, Eddie. He was a great dude. Know both of them from Shorzy. Uh, it was a fantastic. So they, it, there was only like probably, I don't know, 20 people in this store, but they had like fucking caviar and the best kind of alcohol and everything over in the corner, a little bar pull. pull Pull the uh, suit jackets aside, and there was someone in there serving. Um, yeah, it was wild. Anyway, we walked into Paris, Texas. I was fucking looped. I had uh, just the right amount of booze, liquor, beer, weed, and um, was microdosing mushrooms. Microdosing. When I say that... Every time I say my mushrooms, it's been years and years and years and years, as I've said on here, since I've actually made a mistake and done too many. These are just kind of you know, microdosing them. So 
like a quarter or, or half, maybe a gram. And uh, it just puts you in a good mood. Um, you got to watch it. You don't drink too much because you start not realizing how much you're drinking. But it uh, certainly enhanced the night. We had a fucking great time. We got over there, man. I got right up on the table with the Chicklets guys. Didn't even know they were going to be there, man. It wasn't the place to take out your phone. It was just it was loud and packed. Like you couldn't move. So anyway, I got up on the table with Katie. Thanks again. Can't even remember your last name. Uh, but, um, and we had a fucking blast. It was good. The, the, the boys and chicklets uh, had the gray goose going on and a lot, a lot of other things. I just picked that up and it was the closest thing. Thank you, Mike Grinnell and, uh, Pasha. Anyway, so that was, uh, that was the weekend. So thanks to everybody involved, ran into a lot of, uh, fans of this podcast and of Shorzy. Awesome to talk with each and every one of you guys. And I know you sent me pictures and I will post them real soon. There's no doubt. Um, but I'm going to uh, wrap this up. What are we at? 11 minutes. Oh, 11 minutes. I'm going to Orlando with my daughter on Thursday. So I'm going to record this and then I'm going to have my dad come on tomorrow. Just, I'm going to get it done before I go. Um, Tomorrow being Wednesday, just want to get that out of the way, and uh, so I don't have to bring my computer and my mic and everything. And when I get back here on Tuesday morning, I'll record one ninety-two a, and then uh, I guess next week I'm not sure of because I got to go to Brockville. I'm going to Brockville. I get back from Orlando, so I just I went to Banff. I got back for a day. I left for Toronto. I got back for two days. Now I'm leaving. For Orlando, when I get back from Orlando on Tuesday, I'll leave Thursday to go to Brockville. That, that, that is the case for the next few months. It goes on and on like that. Get back from Brockville, go to, where is it? Oh, Fort St. John. Get back from Fort St. John, go to Halifax. Anyway, <clears throat> it's a good problem to have. It's just really busy, but I don't mind the traveling. What, what is worse is just the texting and the setting everything up online, man. Something I fucking, for something I hate to do, I'm on a phone fucking half dozen hours a day if I'm out at a fucking second. Anyway, at least that sometimes more. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to have Senior on tomorrow. I couldn't believe I heard some questions, some stories that I'd never heard on the weekend because I've heard each and every one multiple times. Senior took some mushrooms too, and he was at one point he was just telling stories to a pile of balloons in the corner. 
Um, it was quite amazing. Anyway, so because I find it appropriate, given that I just saw Thority and I brought up Bird Dog, and Thority hadn't heard this story. But anyway, as a lot of you know, Greg the Bird Dog Smith, who's been dead a few years now, I think four years anyway, he was uh, a tough opponent. My first game played against him, I remember it was in uh, Montreal rookie games, and I went around him to the outside. Well, he, it was rookie, tr- Leafs versus Habs, rookies. Um, Back in, in, in my, four, I guess, five years of going to NHL camp, um, three-year contract, but two of those years, right, I wasn't, I, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't signed. I was in junior. So by the third year of camp, so this would have been my first that I was actually, I played games in Montreal. I played the playoffs with Fredericton a couple of games a few years before but this was my first pro eligible year. So if I don't make the Habs this year, I'm getting sent down to the American League, right? Which which ended up happening. But so it was Habs versus Leafs rookies. And we, we went on this mini tour of Northern Ontario. We went to New Liskard. We went to Timmins. I forget the third place. But anyway, this particular game, was in Timmins. And uh, it's actually when I met Thority, we fought later in the game, but I went to, that's not the story. So the, thor- the story is I was on the bench, right? I'm, I'm, I'm next to Jerry Fleming after playing a shift, and I went around Bird to the outside and got a shot. It wasn't a great shot. It was enough that I was on my off wing, I shoot left. Bird was playing his offside, he shoots right. right? So I was coming down the right right wing when I'm playing left. And um I was I was coming in off the way. I, I got around him and I and it was enough to pull it in and shoot on my forehand. I didn't get a great shot, but enough to like visibly have have burned him, kind of thing. So well, burn is a wrong word, but definitely beat him wide, okay? There is a difference. Burn, you know, where's your jock strap? I get a great shot on that. But this was I, I, I beat him to the outside for a partial scoring chance, right? So came to the bench. Jerry Fleming said, I, I wouldn't do that anymore. I said, why? What did we, like, go down, go to the other side I play, and do it off my off wing, like, is, is, yeah, like from a coaching perspective. Jerry was one of our veterans, like Bird was one of theirs. We were allowed three or four per team just to kind of keep the, to please things out there, I guess. So um, act as professionals, you know, be an example. So Jerry had played, I think, 10 or 11 games in Montreal, maybe the year before, and <clears throat> played a couple of years in Fredericton and was a nurse, a lot older than me. Jerry was 30 or 31 at the time, uh, gone to school, UPEI, really unique journey he's got himself. He's 6'7", 230. He was on our side to, uh, to keep the peace as much as Bird was on their side to do the same. And anyway, he knew Bird. So I, I, I didn't know. I knew of the word Bird Dog. I knew Greg Smith. I knew he played. But like, other than hockey cards, there wasn't this social media. And yeah, I mean, there was no real internet, really. I mean, yeah. I, it might have been around, but certainly I it, it was way before I started using it. I, I might have had a Hotmail. I know I had a cell phone. You couldn't text 
So, like, really, un unless you were one of the boys that played pro and you knew these stories, you wouldn't really have known. Like, you know, I, I mean, he had hockey cards. If you, I, I can't really remember, but if you had showed me, and I, I probably would have said, okay, he played where in Quebec, maybe a little bit in Philly, right? I, I didn't really know much about him, and so I didn't realize what Jerry was saying. He said, well, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't just burn that guy right there to the outside like that. I laughed. I said, are you fucking kidding me? You do what you the fuck they think. The people who drafted me are up there evaluating me. Right? I mean, uh, even though this is a rookie game, this all of it is an evaluation. I want to make the team. He said, well, if you want to make the team, you're going to be injured if you do that again. It won't matter. So, and again, I'd gone around guys before. I mean, I did fucking, I don't remember specifically, but in the Western League, I mean, I must have, I must have at some point done the same thing to Sheldon Surrey or Jason Strudwick or Wade Belak or Brian McCabe. You know, that was it. You, I, I don't like I said. It's you're pay. You you've drafted me to be a player that's supposed to do that. I, I remember each and every one of them when they, I didn't get around them, them hitting me and sometimes hurting me into the boards, hurtling me into the boards pretty hard. Um, you know the out bump and bruise, but I, I don't remember like going fuck. I'm not going to go around that guy because for fear he's going to fucking hurt me like after the play. So yeah, during, okay, I'm expecting it. You're a big D, but if I, you know, so anyway, I try it again and bird fucking take any, and this is power play. I remember, cause it's not often that I would take that route unless I'm swinging in my, for those that know what I'm talking about, for those that don't, I'll briefly explain it. If I'm coming back in my own zone zone to break out, I often would stop on the wall, especially back then. Now now it's kind of going the other way again. But back then I would stop on the wall, centerman would swing maybe one way. You might fill his lane, you might not. It was more of a static approach breaking out. Someone would be would be moving. You try to hit them with the puck. But now like a lot of the time everybody's moving and sometimes even one of the one of the fucking D's. So like um, once in a while, I would come back and just go all the way from my, like the D got it behind the net. I would swing right from my end, right, right over to the other side. And then the other winger would either take my spot or take the centerman. And then each person would fill a slot. Wouldn't happen all the time, especially with a red line. The game was much more static, but I tried it. Like I liked that approach. So I'd try to do that when I could. It, it, first of all, it gives you a different perspective and it also, no one really was looking for that back then. So I liked, you know, catch people off guard, whatever, whatever, change things up. Uh, so anyway, but this particular next time was a power play. And power play, that's totally expected, right? Because they got one fewer player. So power play breakout's different than um, just a, a regular breakout. So now, but he gives, and on the power play, I also wouldn't like try to force that move because. We've got five, they've got four. So once I gain the zone, I probably should stop up, wait for everybody to get set, and I'll start running the power play, right? 99 out of 100, that's what I would do. But I came down, I'm not kidding you, 99 out of 100. But I came down, and Bird gave me the outside so obviously, like right from the red line, it looked like I, I, I was like, okay, I got to take that route, right? It's about the best scoring chance, and a breakaway is better than a shot from the point, I guess. So, like, I went for it. So Bird was letting me get around him, and he fucking whacked me after I now it it didn't it didn't hurt me I got a shot again, uh, but it was fluke because it, it 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 like it hit my if he'd hit me over the laces especially back then like no shot blockers there wasn't as many people like shot blocking wasn't even a stat if you were a crazy 
motherfucker or if it was play I'd do it if it was playoffs or like really pick my spots if it was an important game but I'm not saying I'd do the flamingo but there were ways to like use your stick instead of your body right and even I remember my coach and junior Bob Lux telling me that like what the fuck are you doing it's six to three we're playing Calgary they're in the other division we don't need you hurt right now whereas now it would be just I mean your agent probably would want you to do it for the for the block shot for the stat um you know, and you, you'd probably anyway. I don't, I don't really know. I can't speculate, but there's a lot more now than there were then. So I didn't have those protectors on or anything. I didn't block a whole lot of shots. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm going around to the outside, and he lets me get there, and boom, he whacks me. But it's like where my heel is, and even skates back then. You know, they had that protective. So his stick broke. I mean, it hurt a little bit, but it didn't keep me out. Again, if it's over the laces, I'm out for months. I fucking snap. I took my stick and I put it up in his face, not in his face, like, but right in front of his face, the fucking toe of it. I put it right there under his nose. I said, bird dog, I know you're fucking nuts, but I am too. I said, if you do that again, I'll spear you in the fucking eye, you fucking maniac. Now, would I have done it? No, I wouldn't have. But because I don't have that ruthless, not, not spear him in the eye. I'm sure I would have tried something. I would have been mad, but you didn't fuck with this guy. Now, for the next couple of years, now I played against him for the next two years. For the most part, I was in the minors, and so was he. Uh, and, you know, I'm what, 21, 20, 21, 20, 20 turning 21, 21 turning 22. He's 10 years older. Okay. So, yeah, he was, he, he didn't play any, he, he retired after those couple of years in St. John's. Um, I think he went over to play in Belfast maybe for a year in the English Elite League, maybe even for like amount of games. I think he came home. But anyway, so his career, I thought mine was just starting and he figured his was towards the end. So he had every reason, but, it, you know, he played me hard. I'm not going to say he didn't. If I went in front of the net, it was still not easy. He hit me. He slashed me to a point, but he gave bird hated people that like were, I, I, I know I probably at times shouldn't use this word anymore, but he used to say it. He's they fucking, I fucking hate pussies. I fucking hate pussies. And then I got to like, when he was on the ice, off the ice, he's a fucking teddy bear. But he didn't like it, like people that didn't play hard on his own team or on other teams. And he wasn't doing it from a, like a, 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 a cowardly perspective going after those guys. He just didn't respect them because he'd fight anybody and he'd chop anybody. It wouldn't fucking matter. And I mean, you have everybody from Ryan Vandenbush to George LaRock to fucking uh, Frank the Animal by Lois. Like, he didn't give anybody an easy time. But if you, like, were a wuss, right, he fought. Fuck, man, if you didn't fight back, if he looked and saw you had, like, two penalty minutes in 50 games, it was over. Right? It was over. He fucking didn't respect. He would absolutely verbalize you and then go out there and break his stick off over you. One year it said... I remember reading the hockey news and it said there was a plus and minus section at the beginning. Like plus, Kamloops win its 17th, wins its 17th game in a row, setting a WHL record, whatever. Minus, Greg Bird, Greg Bird, Doug Smith becomes the most suspended player ever. It was like his 27th suspension. I can't remember what he did. Um, and I remember the playoffs at the end of my second year there. He came right onto our ice while we were practicing and started, started, and they were waiting to practice. It was in playoffs, St. John's Maple Leafs he played for. I was with the baby Habs, obviously. And uh, 
I guess they were told they could go out at 10.15, and we were told the Zamboni was coming on at 10.15. So I guess it was like 10.00. Yeah, it was like 10, say, 12 or something. And he realized that they wouldn't get out there in time, and he came out. It was just a misunderstanding, but he he took pucks and came on our ice service and started taking slap shots at us. I was in the room already. The guy, the rookies were getting bag skated. Dave Morissette was out there doing some drills. He came in. He said, Bird Dog is being crazy, but he's crazy. I went out, man, and we couldn't even make it on the ice. He was taking slappers. We jumped out under the bench and could see the pucks going off the home sign up there behind the bench. Fucking crazy. A lot more, a lot more happened in that series, but I'll just leave it at that for now because that anyway, just give you a new example of the bird dog. Now he came home here and he ended up um getting together and, and uh eloping with a girl named Tammy, and they were absolute rocket dynamite I don't mean good looking, although they were good looking, but just the best kind of couple. You know, they hung out with us all the time. Bird was just a great dude, he didn't cheat on her. Um I will never mention people that do, but you know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Whether it's hockey players or not, I, I think I'll get into that another time. I think the whole thing of mar- institute of marriage is a bit of a sham when you think about how many divorces there are and then of the people that don't get divorced, how many are happy, how many are cheating. I mean, I think it's less than 10% that go their whole life or even like 10 years like Bird Dog without as much as fucking kissing somebody. But anyway. Or a whole lot more, let's be honest. But Bird was that. He was a faithful friend, and he was a faithful companion. And him and Tammy were some of our, some of my best times of the last 20 years are with them, at least when Bird was alive. I do see Tammy here and there. probably should see her more now. But, um, and, you know, he ended up coaching senior hockey here. And, you know, we were all getting paid playing senior and Bird played, I remember, one year for just moose meat and lumber. <laughs> he was just, he'd go downtown with his with his with rubber boots on. This guy's from Mississauga, by the way. He just came over here and loved it. And he was like an honorary Newfoundlander and more Newfoundland than any fucking Newfoundlander I know, man. Well, than a lot, I should say. But, you know, Teddy Hitchcock got nothing on fucking Bird Dog Smith. So a few, about five years ago, I guess now, I suppose, four or five years ago, you know, he found out he had prostate cancer, and uh, it was it was a shitty day to say the least, man. And he caught it too late, so we know the bird dog was going to pass. And um, he he opted, you know, last going off there, and he was getting skinny, and he still came out and played darts while he could, and, and had beers with the guys. And the last going off, he didn't want he didn't want to go to the hospital. He just wanted to have the um. He wanted to have the uh, the bed in his house, so he had the the hospital bed in his place, and uh, yeah, we would just go visit. I mean, it was very poignant, or is that the word? Because it was bittersweet too, because it was great. It's always great to see Bird, and he wouldn't really let us talk about it much. I mean, a couple of times I I tried to tell him what he what I thought of him, and no, we'll have none of that. Another beer, please. And I remember even the last weekend. Uh, that I saw him alive or close to, he was downtown with Tammy and he still wanted a beer. So like I was ready, I was there ready to get shit faced for the night priming up bird was like hanging on, man. He was skinny and he was here and he had his beer. He used to always come down and loved his 
Loved his uh, bars with the boys. Not every bar on George Street. He had his places that he'd go, right? Like the Allen Lager back in the day. He'd go to Green Sleeves, Three Chairs, Kelly's. Um, there was a few more. That was the main gist of where he went. And um, so he passed not long after. I, I don't remember how long, but it, it wasn't long after that. I, it could have been a matter of days. I, I don't remember. It certainly was. It wasn't a matter of months. And uh, when it happened, we all went down. And here, you know, I, I think you might hear the term once in a while, Irish funeral. Well, I, and I don't know what levels. I've gone to wakes here, where Irish wake. You know, I've, I've gone like in the funeral home and there's a casket open and people are like drinking around it and telling stories. I mean, it's impossible not to tell. It'd be, be sad to some degree. But no, I'm serious here that that's a thing. Like... And then I've been to some funerals that are, I'm not going to say a party atmosphere, but it's more of a vibe, right? Like a positive vibe. You know, you're sending somebody off. And you listen, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the song Tim Finnegan's Wake. Uh, I, I guess the, the most Newfoundland popular version would be Great Big C. Listen to Tim Finnegan's Wake, okay, by Great Big C. It'll put some levity to all of this. Uh, and it's a fucking great Newfoundland banger. It's a great song. Um, so we go down. So his, I'm not sure if he'd already had the wake or not. I was out of town. I remember being back for like one day. Wherever the hell I was, it was like I had to go to Halifax and then maybe PEI. And I came back for one day in between. So I don't remember going to the wake wherever it was. Or maybe this was it. But I remember going down to Kelly's. And we were going to have the like Irish wake of sorts in a bar. So we went to Kelly's pub. And his ashes were right there in the back of the bar. And there was already someone playing. I don't know who it was, Blackie O'Leary, someone like that. It was a local legend that was already playing. And, you know, it was somewhat of a vibe. I was one of the first because I went in to pay my respects. I had to leave again. So I remember going in and, and the odd bird dog story, all of his buddies down there that, that could be that were home. And... I uh, I ordered a round, right? So then the round comes over, and whatever, cheers, take it. I, I, I go at some point, tell a story, and I go over then to pay. It might have been April. There, April Wiseman might have been, might have been serving. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm trying to tell the story as best I possibly can. Give you some imagery there. Those around, you know, it was one of those nights. It was the local girls that always that he that he loved that 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 were that were working at Kelly's. Right, he went to these places for a reason. It wasn't always the atmosphere. He loved the people and interacting. And Bird was just a fucking unique individual. Like I said, a fucking madman on the ice. And don't piss him off, off, but just a teddy bear, a loyal guy of every Friday. You hear about Fridays at seniors, and. He's the only guy to ever bring my mom in a bottle of wine. Like, you know, because mom's always upstairs watching videos while we're getting tattooed downstairs. And Bird brought her in a bottle of wine. There you go, lovely, he said. Way back. It was funny, fucking 20 years ago. But anyway. So anyway, I sit there and I'm about to go by the round. As I do, the girl, again, I think it was April, says, Bird got that. And I said, what? And before Bird passed... I guess he'd put, he'd given her, I, I don't know, I guess he, he, he put 
500 or th- I think it was a thousand bucks on the bar for us. She said, yeah, bird got that. He put money on the bar for you guys before he passed. It was like, what a fucking move. You know what I mean? What a guy, what a move. And again, we spoke to him days before, like it, it wasn't, you know, so it, it still felt like he was alive, right? Like, I went in there telling stories, feeling like Bird Dog was in there with me. Like even though, even even though it, like I know that you can say that about a lot of funerals and wakes, but this one was different. It just because right to the end, he was hanging out with the boys, right? And we saw that whole process where someone would normally be in a hospital. Bird was home and he was coming out, and he, you know, he was just still being Bird, and where he didn't want to talk about it much, uh, you know, he was still telling stories and. I was still like confiding in him. He was like a father for a big brother figure at least. And you know, I would, if I had a question, I'd call and like, I know he'd be so proud that I played for the growlers. He would have been, and I thought, well, boy, I wouldn't have been buying a beer the rest of the fucking year. (laughs) I'm telling you, he would have loved it. Just a fucking move. But anyway, uh, so just to do that. Yeah. What a move. Bird got it in dying. He thought about us and bought the first fucking round. And then some. Anyway, I'll often say it, and I don't get sick of telling those stories, but I figured it was fairly relevant, and I spoke about it the other day on the Jason Greger Show, of which I co-host Mondays and Thursdays. Stay tuned. And uh, it was funny that not a lot of people had heard it, and I, I, I didn't realize that I didn't put that in my second book. Bird was passed on, and I did. I've got Bird Dog either in my first book or my second book a whole chapter on him. So those that of you that read it know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, I haven't told that much publicly, so there you go. Bird dog. My favorite bird dog story, even in dying. He still impressed me. Folks, if you're downtown St. John's, you want to go for a beer. You want to go check out George Street. Look <laughs> no further. <clears throat> then Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion. Greensleeves Pub, Martini Bar, the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat right above Greensleeves, there's Loose Tie. It is unbelievable. The best, most improved restaurant in St. John's. I kid you not. I'll also go to Blue on Water. Why not? And I'd go to Merchant Tavern. The home, one of the homes of Jeremy Charles. And if I want strength and balance for the body and mind, I go to look no further than Ryan Power, Power Conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. If I'm going to Go to Mr. Lube. There's two locations in St. John's, Newfoundland. One's on Torbay Road. One's on Kemmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief. The paint sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. See what all the fuss is about. And, of course, true hockey. Take what's yours. Folks, I'll be back in just a few days with more. Tales with TR. It'll be Tales with TR Senior this time. Thanks again. Catch you on the rebound. <laughs>